I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What is up, Geeky Dees? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And there are so many ways you can listen to the Geek Down Podcast. So many. One of them being SoundCloud.com. SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. If you give us a follow on there, you will get a notification every time a new episode goes live. As well, most of the time, iTunes. Most of the time, iTunes. Unless I break it. Let's let's just blame Chauncey. We're going to blame Chauncey? Typically, a magical internet elf named Chauncey delivers piping hot fresh episodes of The Geek Down directly to your ear holes and device with no extra input from you. You yeah. just hit subscribe on iTunes or via our SoundCloud page and new episodes every time they go live. Poof! They just appear. Chauncey has this magic bag. All the episodes fit in there. And then he can just like hop along through the internet. He's just like... And poof! puts them right into your ear but caressingly like it doesn't hurt just don't worry johnny appleseed just throwing them out into the fertile soil of the podcast landscape i like that i really like that imagery however chauncey you know tied one on last week what does that mean no one knows that expression anymore no (laughs) it's the second time i've used that expression people are like i don't know what that means (laughs) i know what you're talking about a little imbibed a little too much oh i see partied a little too much he got he got down to get up or up to get down i don't know anyways he just he got smashed so there were a few days there where the new episode did not exist no on itunes or any of your rss enabled podcast listening devices and i and i couldn't help him because i didn't know what was what the problem was the problem were emojis which i like to use a lot Caitlin, to her credit, we will, longtime listeners will remember uh, Jordan's borderline nervous breakdown he'd been having with all the effort involved in making the show during periods of heavy day slash night job working. Caitlin, to her credit, volunteered to take some of that, you know, kind of busy work off my plate, which and, I greatly appreciate. And one of those things is writing the show description. Writing the show description. She just sent, sent it to me on a Facebook message and I copy and pasted it into SoundCloud, which is what goes out into any of the, you know, podcast listening software that you might be using that uses rss feed however rss feeds don't like emojis they are unrecognized characters and shouts to my man pops pasquale who was the one who gave me the actual error code that he was getting when he tried to update it so i at least had something to try to google get to the bottom of this because your man's was having a very upsetting week because of it he he was texting me like what is going on people keep hitting me up what is up with chauncey i'm like man i don't know i don't talk to him i don't have his number he just doesn't have chauncey's number Oh. That's some bullshit. Chauncey and I text all the time. We're not going to talk about that on mic. People don't need to know all the all the drama of the Geek Down family. <laughs> Chauncey, we're going to have a chat when this episode's over. Um. So, yeah, I was able to Google what happened there and realizing, oh, emojis break RSS feed. So once I went into the SoundCloud description and yanked that emoji out, everything worked like a charm. But then people didn't know how I was feeling. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> Oh dear! I basically live off of off of gifts. <laughs> if it can't be represented pictographically, <laughs> I'm I'm fucked. Kate is at a at a loss for words. Um, speaking of 
communicating. Mm. There are many ways you can communicate with us. <laughs> there are. God damn that segue game. Uh, we are tw- uh, twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Sure. Is that the one? Is that how you do it? At geekdownpod on Twitter is the traditional way of communicating that's, that. But That's the one. I don't use Twitter, so I don't know. It's like the tweeter. <laughs> the thing you tweet <laughs> those, on, right? Those tweets. Those Twitter birds. Um, and then we have got our Facebook page. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod. And that's the place where I will get back to people the most. Um, <laughs> then there's also our email address, which is geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yes. And you can send us emails if you like. You can send us comments. You can actually send us suggestions. We love getting suggestions for stuff because every so often we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to watch? <laughs> we are out of things to do. And then one of us is like, oh, actually, there's this whole other <laughs> kind of stuff I watch that I forgot to. I forgot about these 600 other things I, I watched and yeah. loved in the last week. Yeah, but we always love getting suggestions from people. So feel free to email us. But sometimes, you know, we can't think of something to to give each other. That's a problem for us. A problem for you might be, and we understand it's uncomfortable to talk about. You might be suffering from currency extremists. Yes, it is a terrible affliction. Um, and many people suffer from it. Caitlin and I do not. No, we are lucky in Dod- that sense. Dodged a bullet there. Symptoms of currency extremists include uh, low hanging pants. Um, just a sense of heaviness at all times. Purses that dig into your shoulders. Uh, sounds that you make while you're walking around. Difficulty passing through metal detectors. There, there are many. If you suspect you have currency extremists, you might be suffering from too much money. Far too much money. But we have the medicine. We do. We have the solution for it. Now, this is a temporary solution. You should still consult your doctor if you think you might be suffering from currency extremists. However, for mild cases... Please feel free to contact patreon.com slash geekdownpod. There, you will find that there are ways that we can relieve your suffering. Alleviate those symptoms a little bit. Maybe a dollar a month, maybe $5 a month, up to $25 a month. And at each uh, level, there is something new we've added to help with that transition. It's hard living with currency extremists. Having too much money all the time can be very stressful. Mm -hmm. So we like to give you things to take your mind off of it. That can be extra episodes. That can also be uh, future show descriptions. That can be notes regarding the show. Links to things we've talked about. Playlists. People telling me back home, Kate's, uh, Kate's return to the Geek Down playlist, her, her Afrobeat indulgence, uh, was brightening up a cloudy and wet day in Windsor, Ontario yesterday. Is that so? Uh, that is so, apparently. That makes me very happy. Once again, I never hear anything when I make the Geek Down playlist. <laughs> it's because my playlists are better. <laughs> Sorry. There's the look on his face. He's so unamused. <laughs> These are all the ways in which we offer to you to help take your mind off of your terrible, terrible affliction. Patreon.com slash GeekDownPod. If you feel you may be suffering from too much money, visit us and let us help. We're here to help you. Also, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> It's a funny bit, but at the end of the day, yes. No, we, thank they, you for supporting us. We, we actually really, so really appreciate it. Huh. So. Huh. So. I have no chit-chat because all I did was work. Um, I have some chit-chat. Hit me. Um, A couple things, actually. Uh, The first is that traffic in Toronto is terrible. <laughs> um, And I almost saw... A- Shocker. Okay. So, I... Today, I was coming from my friend's house... And he lives not even a 10-minute drive 
from from yours. Yeah, it took you so long to get here. The traffic, just we, we crawled. He lives on Queen. We crawled from where he lives, which is basically right across from the Gladstone. Are you serious? I'm it took com- you like an hour. I was literally well, here like 10 minutes my ass, like playing Borderlands, waiting to get a message from It Kate. wasn't an hour. But it, was it was close. It was a long. It, it took us way too long. Um, so, yeah. So we were crawling, crawling, crawling. I nearly saw like six people get hit. Like one guy was trying to do some crazy maneuver. There's lots of honking. People it trying was- to come up the right-hand side. Uh, trying to come, not even that, but like really quickly up the right hand side, um, right after an intersection, and there were cars parked, and I was like, "Dude, where do you think you're going? Because we're not going anywhere." Um, so yeah, it's ridiculous the traffic in Toronto. Um, what else is there? Oh, um, Hamilton weather is weird. Um, there's been like all fog. It's all been zombie apocalypse fog. <laughs> Like, like, cannot see a foot in front of you fog, um, which is always weird. We've had um, summer day, uh, winter day, summer day, where we got, like, freezing rain one day for some reason. Uh, what is happening to the world, Jordan? What is happening? Between traffic and bad weather, <laughs> I can't even more. I don't even drive. It just makes me sad. But the other big thing that we talked about last time and I want to give developments on Mm -hmm. um, are my drawing classes. Yes, your drawing classes. Do you know what the most impossible thing in the world to do is? What? It's to draw a box. A box. It is to draw a box. Like a cube? Like, yeah, like a box with like flaps, like a a cardboard Mm -hmm. box. It is impossible. And... By what measure are you grading the quality of your box? Any, any, like, a quality where someone goes, oh, that's a picture of a box. <laughs> Apparently, I am terrible at drawing. Um, everyone else's boxes looked <laughs> box-like. <laughs> but not mine. Oh, no. And apparently, I get, like, like everything I did. I feel like this is something <sighs> we all learned in grade school. You draw, like, one square here and then another square up diagonally. And you just draw. You would them. think. But trying to draw the flaps of the box (laughs) like i couldn't understand what happens once flaps are involved Uh, i can't you think you know what angle they're at but then your brain is like no no that's not it's not at like a left angle it's a right angle obviously obviously and then you're like no no that this box flap is still weirdly shaped and then your teacher is like oh yeah no i see you've made it too short and you're like what in god's name are you talking about and then sure enough you make it longer and it looks more like a box flap but that shouldn't make any sense oh god oh and then your brain is just like oh god yeah you can't draw a box you can't draw uh, a a uh one of those exercise balls no, no, you would think that that would make sense and it would be easy to draw because it's just a sphere, but that's not true. And then you add shadow into it and you're fucked. You're basically just fucked. So that's drawing. So you're, have, you're still having a good time with your drawing class. Having a great time. <laughs> uh, I need to work on my box drawing skills, but other than that, it's been fine. Do we have any, do we have any photographic evidence of your box? No, we do not. <laughs> We have, we have drawn <laughs> evidence that very few people will get to see. Maybe someday when I'm famous for my boxes, I'll sign them for people. 
These are clean drops that I really hope people just lift. <laughs> just take out. When Caitlin's famous for her box. <laughs> My box. My box style. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yes, that's going. It's going. I don't know. How did. How can drawing go when you don't know how to draw, right? Like, <laughs> we we going to learn today. Well, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was probably the most exciting thing in my week. Caitlin can't draw a box. No. That and there's a show, but I'm going to talk about that in updates. All right. But everybody wants to definitely hear about the show, so you should <laughs> definitely stay tuned. Hang till the end. Yeah. Um. I just, yeah, listen, it's friends. I feel like you love us as people. And part of that is just, you know, not lying to y'all and friends. I'm not going to tell you that everything is great when it isn't. And um, frankly, I'm, I'm in a mood this week. I've just not really seen it for people this week. I feel like that's a good thing. Cause I think sometimes when you have, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I'm a radio personality, but sometimes <laughs> when you want people to, you know, enjoy your show, you don't want to be as sad or depressed or in a mood as you are but i think that's healthy i think it's healthy for people to know that we aren't always happy because i mean listen i've got I, it's a phrase i used with kate earlier in the week when we were talking about this of what was going on in my life and and she had never heard of it and honestly it's a phrase i hear attached more with uh something women need to be aware of okay which is the phrase emotional labor and sometimes men especially well, just, you know, as we know, you and I both are introverted, which means people mm-hmm. take energy from us. Yeah. Even if you are willingly giving that energy to other people, it can get exhausting if oh, they come to oh, yeah. rely on it or if they are always need it and are constantly asking you for advice and you give them your advice and they still don't take it really well and then come back and be like, oh, I did the exact opposite of the thing you said and it didn't work. What do I do now? <laughs> And you're like, but I already told you. And apparently, you know, men do this with women a lot because there's no like real male emotional support system for them to go to. So they're constantly foisting their problems onto women. It can be exhausting for women. Um, I have a friend in my life who is going through some heavy things right now. Uh, although today she's not apparently <laughs> today, today it's rainbows and unicorns, but all up to this week, it was terrible. And it's just one of those things where like, you know, she... She relied on me for a lot of things throughout the week during this hard time. And then, you know, part of it involved uh, light handiwork. Right. <laughs> drilling, hammering. Yep. Hanging things that I was helping her out with in a pinch because the person who was supposed to do it for her took his leave. And it's like the whole time she she recently, you know, she hasn't had a lot of people in her life. And she made a recently made a connection with a female friend and great sisterhood. Female friends are important. They're very important. I, I acknowledge that and I totally get it. But at the same time, when I'm on like four hours sleep, trying not to drill a hole into my fucking hand and it's just, she, this, she, that. And I've never, th- I've never met anybody who I connected with. I was like, well, drag her. She got a drill. Huh? Drag her fucking ass down here. Um, so it was like, that was really getting on me. And my, my neighbor next door. Yeah. It's, uh, is moving. Yeah. Apparently. I think she's already gone. And it kind of bummed me out a little bit. Not that I ever like really had a friendship with her, but like she was kind of a good neighbor in the sense as much like I never heard a peep out of her really. Right. Um, and I had had shittier neighbors before her amateur 
singer songwriters, <laughs> accordion players, mm-hmm. and so I I sussed out that she was leaving, and I was stepping out to uh, do some groceries yesterday. Bless up, Vise. We still love you. And I was taking the garbage out before I walked down to the no frills, and I see her, and she kind of looks at me and gives me a wave, and I wanted to take this opportunity to thank her for being a good neighbor and happy trails, whatever. And Jordan says, so you're on your way out then? And she goes stone-faced and walks away without a word. Huh? I don't know if she didn't hear me. I don't know what. But I was just like, well, that's enough for that's enough <laughs> attempts at human interaction today. Thanks so much. That's amazing. So, not really seeing it for for people this week. It happens. I get... Um, and we it, picked a hell of a thing to talk about this week with that, oh, with that yeah, in mind. Yeah, actually, that kind of matched up really well, weirdly. Um, yeah, I sometimes people are exhausting. Sometimes people are great, though. Our fans are great. They are great. Yeah, um, partially because they don't um, send us a lot of messages, um, so we don't have to give them a lot of emotional support. <laughs> We actually don't. We hear from them from time to time. But hey, if you're a fan, if you wanna, you want to like get in touch with us, that's cool. We'll 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 take it. We'll take it. Uh, we were talking earlier about how one of my mini dreams is to like sign stuff, and how I like sign things even that I'm not supposed to sign. Um, but that it actually can be kind of exhausting having to sign. And I, when we both worked at. Um, I always want to call it large Canadian retailer. It is a major Canadian retailer. Major Canadian retailer. Um, we I we did a couple events where people had to sign a thing um, or sign lots of things, maybe hours of things. And by the end of it, they were wiped. The last thing they wanted to do was to talk to anyone or interact. Um, so I can only imagine us as introverts having to do that. <laughs> well, I probably never will have to. You have. I did it once, yes. And it was exhausting? Yes. You remember, I put off signing yours for like for eight. three hours. Yeah. But you know what we're not going to put off? What are we not going to put off? News. God, <laughs> breathtaking. Amazing, these segues. <laughs> still still the dead period, friends. We don't really have much. I do I do have a couple things. Um, Yuri on Ice movie. Which happening is amazing. For sure. Theatrical. They had a, a event called Yuri on Ice on stage, which was one of these things where like the voice actors... I'll do like a panel type of thing. And that's where they announced that they are doing a new story. This is not a compilation. This is not one of those like retellings of the TV show. Right. No, this is a sequel side story. What have you? I don't know. Oh my God. So excited. And I did see something else. Apparently, did I send you this? Um, they, a lot of times for DVD releases, they put extras on them. Like I know One Punch Man had little OVAs mm-hmm. that they put uh, on the Blu-ray DVD releases. You know, one little eight minute thing about like how Saitama got his costume type of thing. Right. And I think for the Yuri on Ice one, they are doing um, like the deep dive figure skating talk. So after, you know, the competitions, yeah, they generally at the end of a competition will have an exhibition. Right. It's not graded. They just get to do whatever they want. And they don't have to adhere to the somewhat strict rules yes. of competitive figure skating. This was somewhat in the news again when uh, Russian figure skater Evgenia Medvedeva busted out her Sailor Moon performance um, again yes she's done this before but she recently busted it out again uh at the end of a competition and i think for your and i some of the ovas have been uh their the characters exhibition performances right um 
Did I send you the one of Urios? There was a clip of Urios that. No. Oh man. We'll pause. Are here. we gonna do Radio Magic? Maybe. <gasps> that was so amazing. So Caitlin just watched a thirty-second clip advertising a uh, the latest release, home video release of Yuri on Ice, which featured Yurio's uh, presumed exhibition performance. So good. I <laughs> she's, she's, love she's it. Tingling, y'all. She's tingling so much. God, I love that show. Yeah. I mean, we'll see that that'll make you happy. <laughs> Fictional characters. They never let me down. Fictional characters ma- got me through my teens. Okay. I feel like I need a shirt that says that. Fictional characters got me through my teens. Yeah, you would not be the only one who would wear it. Yeah, I know. See, we uh, put that on the board. <laughs> put that on the board. I bet you anything. Minute, someone will have a, a t-shirt that says that on it. Um, all right, and which th- that's all great news um, that they're doing movie. I'm, I'm kind of. I guess that means are they not going to do a second season then? It's a good question. Um, I don't know what it means for a second season. Hopefully, doesn't mean anything. But I mean, yeah, if they're now going to make a movie, that's going to take, you know, eight months to a year of their lives. So yeah. any, any second season of Yuri on Ice is uh, further pushed down, pushed down the docket. Well, that that doesn't make me happy. So yeah, it's, it's good news, bad news type of thing. But all right, well, hopefully that means that because people love it so much and will love this movie, I'm sure they'll also or, have yeah, more money or to may- make it. Maybe that just means you have more money getting pumped into it and this they bring on like a more staff, different staff. Mm-hmm. Maybe Yamamoto doesn't direct. Maybe Yamamoto directs the movie but not the TV series or you know, she doesn't do every episode of the TV series. She's more hands-off with that. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? They do it for One Piece all the fucking time. There's no reason why they can't. Yeah. Maybe for Dragon Ball and One Piece, there's no reason why they can't figure it out for Yuri on Ice. And Much smaller demo, I'm sure. <laughs> I was going to say. So maybe smaller demo slightly, but... Um, okay, well, my bit of news mm. is um, they are supposedly um, working on doing a, a Roseanne... It's not, a, I guess, relaunch? Yeah, I saw something alluding it, to so this. So it's a, a revival. Sorry, it's not a relaunch. It's a revival. Um, according to Deadline Hollywood, they're doing an eight-episode limited series revival. And all the major players are coming back. Question. Yeah. Isn't Dan canonically dead? Um, I can't remember because by that time I had stopped watching. I think it was all a dream? The last season, oh, that's they right. won the lottery and got rich. Yes. The season before that ended with a heart attack scare. Here we go. My mad Roseanne knowledge. <laughs> I actually didn't even... It's not like I watched all these episodes, yeah. but I was just kind of fascinated that they did this. Yes. <laughs> um. So, yes, it, I believe it was Darlene's Wedding. Dan, played by John Goodman, has yeah. a heart attack scare, and that's how they left it. When they came back the next season, Dan was fine. They won the lottery, and they were now still living in the same house, but it was all like, you know, fancy appliances and yeah. decor and such. And then, yeah, by the end of the season, it was revealed that that last season was just it was all Roseanne like- Connor, just a novel she was writing. Yeah. And Dan had died, and that she was grieving Dan, and that's why she wrote this. I don't know. I cannot tell you because I am not a writer on the show. <laughs> Maybe they'll say that it was all a dream and Dan wasn't dead and all that jazz. Um, I have no idea. But though I think a show like Roseanne at this time would be good, I don't know that Roseanne coming back is good, if that makes any sense. So you want a show of this type, you just don't want Roseanne. Well, I think Roseanne was very of its time, mm. right? And I think... 
I think we need more shows where they show poverty as actually poverty, yeah. not as two broke girls. Um, because I think that makes in some way poverty look glamorous or and Roseanne never did that, yeah. right? It was even from the decor, the decor was from someone who grew up in like a we weren't like destitute by any means, but we also didn't live in a big house like and or or a really really nice house like some of my other friends, right? So just having recognizing that look of a very lower middle class family mm. um, was was important. So many different wore that damn chicken t shirt every week. See, the biggest thing I remember about Roseanne, there was a chicken t shirt that chicken shirt. constantly was getting rotated. <laughs> yeah, between the characters. Yeah, and things like you know them wearing the same clothing. Um, there's actually a movie called Cheaters. Have you ever seen it? No. Nineties, nineties movie. It had a lot of like actors from the nineties. It was about this. This it was based on a true story with this um, classroom full of kids who they end up cheating on their SATs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one of the big th- things about the movie that you never see is the characters wore their same shirts through the weeks <laughs> because they were poor and mm-hmm. they only had a certain you know number of t-shirts a certain number of outfits um and that's not something you even see on on characters that are supposed to be poor you, they, they seem to change outfits every every week so anyways i i feel like a show about either poverty or you know the all-american family i'm doing bunny ears here um would be great i just don't think roseanne coming back is the right thing to do well everything comes back everything apparently all the time that's the joke right now is that everyone needs to hurry up and read dune before they turn it into like an (laughs) epic the new epic prestige television ah man that'd be that'd be a tough that'd be a tough sell i feel like dune yeah you kidding there's so oh no dune would be amazing so many good politics so many good stories dune would be epic in other news, mm. which isn't really news, it's just more of a subject. American Gods. Yeah. I So I, I skimmed an article about how no one can really spoil American Gods. That it, you know, it has a plot, but... It, that's not what is important about the show. Sorry, new listeners. This is the uh, this is the television adaptation of one of Neil Gaiman's best known novels called yes. American Gods about uh, the old world gods coming to America and trying to basically stay alive. Yeah, it's and kind it's, of a riff on something he mentioned in the Sandman once about how you know gods can die when people stop believing in them. Yeah, so and, it's like the Norse gods and the folkloric gods of you know Africa and. Basically, all the places that people came to America from brought their gods with them. And then as those beliefs died off, the gods are in danger of dying off as well. And they have to fight the new gods, yes. which is very important to the story. New gods, gods are like the god of media and the god of drugs and all that, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, anyways, so there's been a lot about how it's a very different type of television show in a world where um, everyone wants to spoil things or they're spoiler alerts or they want to do they basically can't wait right for the next episode um the article was basically saying that the show focuses more on the relationships of the people the conversations that are had um and is very weird and i think you read something about that as well i did yeah apparently uh one of the 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 critical appraisal thus far has been pretty rapturous that i've seen and one of those came from 
Matt Zoller Seitz, who is one of the more notable television critics right now. I don't remember exactly who he writes for right now. Screen Rant, perhaps, or sites like that. And he basically said that, you know, a show like Hannibal topped his, you know, best of list for like two years in a row. And it was like Hannibal was more concerned with atmosphere and character. And I think he said it delved more towards abstraction than anything that could be possibly considered a narrative piece of narrative that he'd ever seen. And then basically said that American gods, which shares the same co-producer as Hannibal, Brian Fuller, um, makes Hannibal look like the Andy Griffith show, which is amazing, which sold. Yeah. Yeah. Here for that. So it's, it's, I think it has its first episode today. I believe so. Yeah. Tonight, probably. Um, Canadians going to be a little hard. You are out of luck, my friends. You are. You're hitting the, you're hitting the roiling seas. If you want to, if you want to check this out. Yeah. um, Or if you're shelling out a hundred, whatever for Amazon prime. Yeah. Um, those who live in the States, you're probably cool. Stars. Yeah. The Stars Network. And there's probably a million other ways that'll let you watch it. I'm certain there are. We don't need to talk about them because they're the same ones that we'll be using. What? What? Um, and then everyone else around the world, um, I don't know. If you're from like Morocco, you want to tell us how you like. Did you not watch? see this? Did I not see what? Neil Gaiman had a thing where he made a chart. Because people kept asking him how to watch American Gods. <gasps> he made a chart that was basically like, if you're in America, are you in, you know, are you in America? Yes, no. And if it was yes, Stars Network type of thing. Yeah. And it was like, no, it was basically Amazon Prime for everywhere else in the world. But he would keep getting these like questions every once in a while. And he right. was good natured about it. And somebody said they donated uh, a dollar to the uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation for every person who asked Neil Gaiman <laughs> how they can watch American Gods. So people were getting real creative with it. It's like, I'm a sentient shade of blue. How can I watch American <laughs> Gods? <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, no, that, that that was the whole thing. So Amazon Prime for the rest of the world is the all right is the takeaway, uh, because I demand joy in a week that has been somewhat bereft of it. I'm ending with a story about a penguin. <gasps> penguin stories. Yes, I love animal stories. So this is about a penguin named Grape Chan. Grape Sorry, Chan. Grape Kun, because he's a ma- oh. he's male. Grape Kun. Okay. He is uh, a penguin at the Tobu Zoo. In Saitama Prefecture in Japan. All right. And basically, a bunch of zoos have gone into a sort of, you know, co-promotional thing with this anime called Kimono Friends. I have no idea what Kimono Friends is about. Okay. But different characters have been done up kind of as animals and positioned in zoo displays at zoos throughout Japan. Right. And one character named Hululu Hululu? has been done up as a penguin and put in the penguin enclosure at the... Tobu Zoo in Saitama. Okay. And the 20-year-old grape coon, yeah. the 20-year-old penguin, yeah. taking quite a shine to the cutout of Hululu. Really? Yes. Oh, that's so sweet. So everyone is like, oh, sorry, here are some. I'll show Caitlin a couple examples of the other ones. Camel character. Oh, very cute. The camels. So these are just kind of the things that they've set up. But yes, uh, grape coon has become very attached to this cutout of Hululu. There's a photo of them together. Oh my gosh, that's adorable. Very adorable. Also somewhat concerning because he's like, he just hangs out with the cutout all day to the point where he like forgot to eat. Oh, that's not good. So they're a little concerned. So he's had to be sequestered a little bit. Grape Coons. So he remembers to eat has been a little separated so, from, from his waifu. But basically what you're telling me. Penguins got a waifu. Yeah. And that penguins are like humans. 
or they'll <laughs> watch something for so long yeah. they'll forget to eat forget to or eat. sleep. So, uh, of course, you know, fan art has been coming up, which is amazing. It, that is amazing. Um, I believe even the... Uh, Oh, I don't have it on this one, but like the character designer from the actual show drew the two of them oh <laughs> together. Gosh. So I just think it's really sweet that there's a penguin with a waifu <laughs> out there. Penguins, just like us. Oh, oh penguins. But like, you know, remember to eat Grape Coon. We want yeah, to hear. Yeah, seriously. Its name is Grape Coon. That's amazing. <laughs> well, that was a nice see. You can be happy sometimes, Jordan. Look at him looking up at her. Wow, he really is in love. He really is. He just sits there all day. <laughs> It might be indicative of a larger medical problem. I hope not. But <laughs> on that note, Debbie Downer is going to go refill his club soda, and when we, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about something that's equally happy. Oh yeah, super happy. <laughs> I really think I bummed Kate out with this one mm. a lot. Well, we will talk about that when we get back. We will talk about S Town Single Topic Week. Single Topic Week. We were due. <laughs> Well, we will get into that when we come back after this break. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is usually the part of the show where jordan and i give each other talk about the things we gave each other yeah um but this week we're doing one of those episodes where we actually watch the same thing sometimes there are just things in the ether yeah that we missed yes or sometimes um it's a new thing that neither of us have had a chance to watch yet or listen to or read but may appeal to our areas of interest Mm-hmm. um Sometimes we do use the rules, which in this case, I was like, we don't have rules, right? And I kind of forgot. Um, Like the first one being the rule of three, which is usually we will read, watch, absorb something that comes in um, a cycle or uh, issues or episodes. episodes. That's the one. Um, This week, I actually only ended up uh, listening to the first two episodes. Lazy. Oh, yeah, it's laziness. It's just pure laziness. Also, when I tell you about the updates, you will understand why. <laughs> um, then the second rule is usually hashtag save for the pod, which in this case, we've been pretty good about. Yep. Don't talk about the thing. Don't talk about the thing. Um, we want to save it for the show so you guys get the, as Jordan usually puts it, the freshest of takes. Um, and then the third rule, which isn't really a rule, um, but is more of a policy, is... Yar, there will be spoilers. Um, this is a pro-spoiler podcast. Yeah, super spoilery. And in this case, yeah, I w- if you haven't listened, I would probably head out now. Yeah. Just go. If you've read anything about this thing we're going to talk about, you have probably already heard the twist. The twist. That comes from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have not heard anything about the podcast S-Town or Shit Town... We don't have to. We don't have to blurp it. We can just say what we want. If you are totally unfamiliar with Shit Town, you should probably take your leave. Yes, because we will get into what this thing ends up becoming. Which, frankly, Caitlin doesn't know because she didn't get that far. But. Uh, I got a good idea. Um, but we appreciate you being here. Uh, we'll miss you. 
go have a breakfast bar <laughs> or a fig bar like we just did, and we'll see you next time. If I remember, I'll put time codes in so you can jump to the end past where we're. <laughs> yeah, and then you can hear about, about fun stuff. Whatever at the end of the this, show. whatever this thing, Caitlin is. Oh man, it's ruined my life. Chomping at the bit about. But for now, let's get into it. So, every once in a while, you have these podcasts that just sort of capture the narrative. Mm -hmm. Serial was one of the first of these, which was the first, like, true crime investigative podcast where they were really looking into, like, this forgotten murder case and trying to dig up new information about it and just, oh my god, Reddit went wild Mm -hmm. type of thing. People devoured it. Second season of Serial set the world on fire a little less. I've listened to none of them. As I've said before on the show, Sarah Kenning's voice kind of bothered me, so I didn't really get down with Serial. Recently, another show uh, like that called Missing Richard Simmons mm-hmm. came out, which was basically a, I believe he was a writer or producer for The Daily Show who moved out to LA and was a uh, a customer of the, a member of the Slimmons Gym. Out there in L.A. and had become a... What's that? It's Richard Simmons' gym. Oh, sorry. I thought it was something else. But anyways, okay. (laughs) And this gym where Richard Simmons worked and, you know, conducted the classes and whatnot and became... Struck up kind of a friendship with him and came to really admire and respect him. And then Richard Simmons kind of vanished, which seemed odd for a guy who lived so much of his life out in the public. And there were all these theories about why. And this guy started... Kind of started this podcast... To try and figure out where Richard Simmons went. And then the most recent of these is S-Town, which is from the same people behind Serial, um, Serial and This American Life, from National Public Radio in the States. And it is, it dropped all seven episodes. It's seven episodes long. Mm-hmm. It dropped Netflix style in one batch. Okay. On March 28th. Right. Instead of going... The week-to-week sort of thing, which I think is, given what the show ends up being about, very classy, kind of a classy move and just works to the show's benefit. Because the problem with a lot of these shows, and this is something that I heard a lot of comparisons of Shittown to something like Missing Richard Simmons in the sense that Missing Richard Simmons kind of promises you that, you know, there's going to be a payoff. Right. As Serial did as well when it first came out. And the problem was that Serial never really kind of gave that payoff. There was never definitive, like... Yes, he did it. No, he didn't do it. Right. It was just, we looked at it and we learned some things and off we go. And this seemed unfulfilling to a lot of people. And in light of something like Shit Town, Missing Richard Simmons has kind of been getting slammed for like artificially trying to create that mystery. When at the end of the day, this is just a dude who decided he didn't want to be in public right now. And maybe wanted to like retire a bit. And maybe you should leave him the fuck alone type of thing. Um, That is not really the case here. Because with Shit Town, you were dealing with someone who definitely wanted to be known. Right. Definitely put himself out there. So basically, the show is uh, written and hosted by a guy named Brian Reed, who is a producer for National Public Radio. He works for This American Life, I think. Digging up stories and tracking them down and trying to suss out which ones are worth covering. And one day in 2012, I believe, mm-hmm. he gets an email with the subject line, John B. McLemore lives in Shit Town, Alabama. And the email is very lengthy and outlines this place where this guy, John McLemore, lives and many of his problems with it, including police corruption, poverty, lack of education, 
all these things he thinks are horrible about this town that he lives in. But primarily, he believes there has been a murder committed in the town and it's being covered up and nothing's being done about it. Yeah. So Brian Reed calls this guy Mm -hmm. and talks to him. And because he's a journalist, these phone calls are recorded. And what you find out very quickly is John B. McLemore is very articulate, Mm -hmm. quite a yarn spinner. Yeah. Has a lot to say about everything. Yeah. Um, so Brian Reed is interested enough to maybe look into this. I think he finds one story that alludes to something there, a minor thing that had been covered up by the cops. Well, what actually what happened was, so they'd been emailing back and forth and then John sends him an email about, with a link to the story about the police officer who had been pulling women over. Pulling women over. Right, right. And, and raping them basically. Mm. Um, and how it was covered up by the police force. And that's the moment where he, Brian Reed, goes down to Woodstock, yeah. Alabama. Also known as Shit Town. Also known as Shit Town, which is in Bibb County, Alabama, because Reed's take is basically, well, shit, who knows? Maybe if they were covering this up, maybe there is something to this that he's talking about. Yeah. Maybe it's worth at least having a look. There could be something there. And he gets down there and he just discovers this basically like Southern Gothic sort of world. Macklemore lives in this house in the middle of a forest with his mother that he's taken care of. Who, who has Alzheimer's. Suffering from dementia. Um, and in one of their early conversations, um, one of the dozens of things Macklemore talks to him about in the course of an hour is this hedge maze that he's built. Yeah. Um, and he gives, he tells Reed that if you go on Google Maps and, you know, gives him the precise longitude and latitude... Of yeah. where to find it, Reed puts it in, and yeah, it's only about waist high because he just started planning it. But it's a very complicated sort of hedge maze that he's built with multiple. Depending on where you position these gates, there can be up to sixty-four exits and solutions to it. Yep. Uh, Macklemore is also at one point was like an antique clock restorer. He still is. Still is. Still is. Hmm. <laughs> this is maybe where we have to get into the <laughs> and what happens with the show. Which so that's so the first episode is all about basically the who's the producer's name again Brian Reed Brian going down to this because he thinks there maybe is a story and realizing more and more about John mm. and how and also one of the funny things how how I mean John has openly said that he gets serious depression. Um, and his serious mood swings and how negative John is. At one point, I think Brian just does this to to prove a point. But he says randomly, oh, that's a beautiful butterfly. No positive comment, no matter how innocuous, survives his virtuosic negativity. At one point, I mentioned that the landscape around here is really quite pretty. There you go. There's our legacy. Going down the road, lum- lumber truck. Carting away that pretty landscape one tree at a time. In the afternoon, it'll start to thunderstorm, something John has been saying all day that they desperately need to combat the drought. So that's good, right? We're, we're getting rain, what, about 10 weeks too late. Yeah, everything's died. I'm glad you're getting something. Everything I say. It's a beautiful butterfly. Yeah, we don't have as many butterflies as we should have this year either. It's something else that disturbs me. And John goes, well, we don't have enough of them. It goes on this big, long tirade about how... The phrase, and I wrote it down when Reed said it, because oh. it, it describes it perfectly, virtuosic negativity. Yes. Like, he can see, the t- he 
is very concerned about climate change yeah, extremely. and the lack of resources to sustain humanity yeah. in the years going forward. And yeah, like Kate said, at one point, just to test it. Yeah. He goes, that's a beautiful butterfly. And John just is like, there's not as it's many like, of oh, them. We don't see as many butterflies as we used to. I'm sure it's because of this, that, and everything else. And yeah. he's just he's just on a tear. So that's the first episode. And that was a really good a really good breakdown of sort of what it's about and and also how Brian is trying to get John to do what he said he would do which was connect him with someone else who heard the story about this possible murder and cover up yes and near the end of the first episode he runs in to someone basically the guy's wife shows up and says what what basically john had said it was one of the good sins right and it's you learn about this other family yeah um so yeah this murder apparently centers around this wealthy family in bibb county the burt family they own a lumber yard called k3 yeah in alabama odd um they buy up a lot of property in the area and allegedly this son of this family had uh, beaten up a guy at a party to the point where he died and Macklemore swears up and down to read that he's got a there's someone who saw it and someone he can put him in touch with and where things start to get murky over the course of episode one is while they're trying to find any you know proof of the incident or you know yeah any record at all Bibb County's not exactly online as it were so while he's down there Reed starts to notice that whenever you know he tries to focus too much on the thing Macklemore has brought him down there for Macklemore just kind of loses interest and wanders off or... Or um, just kind of like, there's a lot of like subterfuge going on. Yeah, and like he's at the, uh, they're at the library, like going through the microfiche and even as much as like, oh, there's not room for two people to sit there. <laughs> and yeah. Reed's like, you brought me down here. Like, yeah. or sit down, dude. Like he's talking about going through the, they have like the Chronicle or something. It's like, you know, the, paper, the, yeah. the, the, the town paper. And he says, well, we'll go through records until September. And he's like, oh, I don't think you need to do. There's do probably the- nothing after September. If yeah. It's not there yet type of thing. And it's like, they're not finding anything. They're not finding anything. And yeah, I think the episode ends where he has not been put in touch with the witness, but he get puts in touch with the witness's wife. She, no, she comes in to grab some money that she's owed or something like hmm. that. Like it's totally accidental. Hmm. That she comes in and then, and she corroborates what, what he said, what John, John said. Um, and that's sort of where the first episode ends. But I can tell you this, mm. not knowing anything about this, I didn't look anything up about this podcast before I started to listen. I knew right away something bad was going to happen to John. Mm. Like, right away. Like, as soon as he starts talking more about John, I'm like, oh, fuck. The second he puts that much focus on him. I was like, I was like, either there really is some weird corrupt story, or as I started to listen, I was like, I bet you anything he commits suicide. Which he does. Years after, I think 2012 was when... Brian Reed went down there. Mm-hmm. It was maybe a few years later in 2015. Yeah. Um, he maintained, you know, so they suss out that something similar happened to what to the story uh, John had. Yes. He did hear, he did finally link up with the witness. Um, he does end up talking to this, the person who did it allegedly, and apparently it was a thing where they were at a party and somebody said, spoke wrong to somebody else. And this 
uh, Cabram Burt, who was the, the son of the wealthy family, um, gets into an altercation with this guy, Dylan Nichols. Nichols pulls a knife, ends up slashing Burt's friend across the neck, which leads to a pummeling. And yeah, he beat the shit out of him, but nobody died. No. Um, it wasn't quite as severe. And there was no cover-up, just no charges were pressed because it's the South yeah. <laughs> and small town South. And that's what you do. Um, so they basically figure that out. Um, when Reed finally gets all this figured out and lets Macklemore know, Macklemore's not really happy, yeah. thrilled. Yeah. It's like, what, isn't that good? You know, a person didn't die. Like yeah. that's, he's like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter because, you know, we're going to run out of fossil fuels in 15, <laughs> like that, that's how his brain works. Um, and the episode ends with Reed maintains a friendship, you know, Macklemore still remains emailing him links to things, manifestos, you know, whatever, just this kind of weird eccentric that Brian Reed has in his life that he hears from every once in a while. And by the end of the episode, he gets a call from this guy, uh, Tyler Goodson, who John was very close with. Apparently they had a very paternal or close relationship. And it's a call from Tyler Goodson's wife saying that, you know, didn't know if anybody contacted you, thought you would want to know that John killed himself, you know, two nights ago or whatever. Yeah. So while the show is teased as like another one of these, like, we're going to find, we're going to solve a murder or a true crime type of thing. Yeah. It is not. It is a Southern Gothic character study as Brian Reed spends the next, you know, six episodes dealing with the aftermath of Macklemore's death. Um, learning about his life and and the town and the town and the people around him and this kind of push and pull over the estate where with Tyler Goodson trying to, and these cousins that come from Florida and are trying to like, you know, take the mom somewhere and, and Tyler's trying to keep, take care of her. The cousins don't know who Tyler is and charges are getting filed left and right. And it's a picture of the town. It's a picture of, a place I that felt very familiar to me in a really? lot of ways. Even though it was so small? Kind of, yeah. There's a moment where Brian Reed describes, before he talks to Cabram Burt, where it's just like, I must be nuts just going up to this guy and asking him if he killed somebody and expecting that he'd even say anything. Yeah. He mentioned something called like the fuck it attitude. Yeah. He's like, it's just something I keep seeing when I'm down here where it's just like, nothing matters anyway, so who cares? Right. That and that sort of, there's sort of an inherent fatalism and pessimism that comes in like southern rural areas Mm -hmm. you know not that i grew up in the deep south but for canada i grew up as deep south as it can get and there is some of that as well that i've encountered in my life i'm having moved to toronto i have noticed my disposition clashing with people up here because you're brought up so pessimistically and just kind of to expect the worst um i think the things about the show that one of the reasons I was, I was, I want, I think my brain made the jump of like, he's going to commit suicide is when Brian is talking to him about who he has to talk to. Mm. And there's no one really. There's like the lawyer, like who doesn't live in the town. Boozer down. <laughs> yeah. There's a lawyer and, and John is obviously like a really interesting knowledgeable intelligent 
exhausting exhausting person but even i right near the beginning before i kind of realized anything was going on i was like this guy should have his po- own podcast <laughs> this would be amazing he could talk about clocks all day long i would totally listen to that um but then there's just this creeping sex- sensation with his you know there's a futility right he's like i should have gotten out of this town in my 20s and that's yeah that settles in quick where he's he's he hates the place he's at he hates himself for never leaving it yeah and realizing that he should have years ago um oh and always finds reasons why he couldn't um because i need to take care of you take care of my mom i need to you know do this do that he apparently had the means we find out in later episodes his set of skills as far as clock restoring and the things he could do mm-hmm. like he gold plates a dime yes that's in the first episode for, for brian using this like you know alchemy basically yeah um the things he could do just aren't done by anyone anymore so if you have an old ass clock that you want to get fixed he was known like in subsequent episodes so okay i listen to the whole thing because right. i work nights and i it's a nice, need something to real do real nice meaty podcast to settle into and i did not warm to it right away right i'm gonna be straight up i was not early on i was like i can't hang with this dude for for seven hours i can't he's exhausting um but you know the real time call of him like finding out that macklemore's committed suicide is which happens at the start of episode three is just holy fuck where is this gonna go and then it does it's not the best parts are where he's sketching out this dude's life Right. There are times where, like, there are rumors that he's got gold buried because he was he was the gold bullion. He was unbanked. Yeah, he didn't have any of his money in a bank, so it's like, where's the location of John McLemore's gold? Like that kind of gets trotted out for a while. It doesn't go anywhere. You never. There's no answer there. Um, there is one weird moment later on where Brian's talking to Tyler about that, kind of alluding to if he if he saw if he did ever find anything, and Tyler asks him to cut the mic and have a conversation off can off off the record we don't know what was said there or what but um those are not the interesting parts because they don't really go anywhere like as he fleshes out this guy's life like he was known for like people in london knew who he was if you had a clock you got the john b Macklemore. like right um just because of the things he could do there's photos on the show's instagram page of like some of these clocks he worked on something called the magician's clock where like kept time, but it's just a free floating hour hand. It keeps time, but there's like you can't see any gears connected to it. Like That's there's amazing. like there's he could do things that nobody really knew how to do and was paid for it. So I mean he probably always had the means. He could have like packed up mama or hired, you know, hospice care for mama right. to take care of her and move to anywhere. But he just didn't. Yeah. And he hated that about himself. And Possibly, as we learn in later episodes, also a homosexual. Yes. Well, that I picked up on right away. Um, I had said uh, senior correspondent was interested in what I was listening to. Mm. Um, and I sort of was talking to him about it and gave him a brief. And also, this was like during like not even halfway through episode one. And then we started listening together because I had said, and I, I believe this gentleman is gay, or at least that's what he's coming off as, which could also prove very difficult in a small Alabama yeah. town. Um, and I was wondering if that had something to do with the story. Um, and 
we were listening for a bit and then he just turned to me and went, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I don't know if it's in episode one or later on, like even Macklemore drops lines in the things he says to read about like, you know, oh, everybody around here thinks I'm queer anyway, but that, yes, that is in episode one near the end. Um, he says something about, um, he, you know, he says like, uh, Brian says, what, what should we say if people are wondering why I'm asking questions? And, mm. and he says, oh, I'll just tell him you're all stuck in my dick. Cause they just think I'm a queer anyways. And he's like, um, maybe not, maybe you shouldn't say that. Um, and then he also near the beginning, he's talking about himself in high school and says, you know, they're all talking about girls and hunting and that kind of gives, he drops clues here and there. And it gets explicit in later episodes. Um, where off the record and I've heard there's been some dialogue back and forth over whether or not this was the right call. Ultimately the, ultimately the logic read presents is that, well, John was an atheist. He doesn't believe in an afterlife. This information can't hurt him. You can't libel the dead type of thing. Like, um, the only time on the show where it's presented that John asked him to turn the, turn the tape off is John then talks about a relationship he had with a man and, Brian ends up tracking down someone who, who he had a, had a long friendship with Macklemore um, over the years. And they met on basically like a gay chat line right. type of thing to two Southern dudes in Alabama trying to um, trying to, you know, make a go of it, trying just to live yeah. as you know gay people in the South. Um, and yet he Macklemore just emerges as this like fascinating, contradictory, maddening character. On the one hand, he talks about how like tattoos are a sign of low class and, yeah. and stupidity. And, and then, meanwhile, his chest is entirely covered, 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 um, which he says on the one hand is a way he just kind of, you know, Tyler owns a, owns a tattoo, co-owns a tattoo shop. And he yeah. says, what's well, just one of the ways he finds reasons to help Tyler out is going and getting tattoos, um, to just you know, throw some money at the shop type of thing. Um, yeah. And it's, this has emerged less as a, like, is it good on its own and what it means for like the podcast as art form type of thing. Right. Um, because I've never heard anything like this in my life and it's, um, I could draw parallels a little bit. This is only after listening to two episodes and again, it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's the same by any means, but crime town, a big draw of crime town is yes. They talk about crime, which is fun. Um, but they also have these interviews with people mm. and they talk about how they got in to the crime family and what it means to be part of a crime family. And, and it's really does focus a lot on the people and the people in those cities and why things are happening. Um, crime town would have to spend like, you know, eight hours on the doctor broad. Or like, you know, yes, one, one person. But I'm just saying that they do focus. Format, not format sim- similar. Yes. Subject, this sort of in-depth character study on all these elements of a person's life. Not so much. I, I had never seen before. Like, people are saying like, this is like the nonfiction novel as podcast sort of thing. I guess. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, dismiss your appraisal of it just because you only listened to two episodes, but it's, and it's not perfect even having listened to the full seven, but it's the places it goes and the people he manages to talk to. And these kind of weird things that keep popping up, like the town clerk 
he killed himself on the phone with the town clerk. Oh, and like, that's not nice. <laughs> talking to her and like their relationship, you find out that he was not always the way he was and what made him the way he was. Um, I found that almost a little too pat in the ending. I mean, I can tell you if you tell me off mic. All right. Wait, these people, these the, people, the people don't need to know. I'll no. spoil it for Caitlin off mic, but I mean, I thought the ending got a little too pat with trying to, you know, cause the, there was a town clerk who he was on the phone with when he killed himself and there, a previous town clerk who he had a very close relationship with and then didn't. And because by all accounts, when the town was first like incorporated, he apparently got really involved. He was super proud of it, you know, because John always loved a project sort of thing. Right. So what flipped for this guy? How did he get so moody? How did he get? And there's something that's alluded to that's like, oh, it was that. Put a bow on it. Oh, I see. Type of thing. Um, When lives are much more messier than that. Yes. And including especially matters of mental illness and depression sort of things. Um, So, yeah, I was just, listen, chalk it up to the environment in which I was listening to it, where it's basically, you know, me working pretty solitarily, just me and this dude yapping at me for like (laughs) seven hours. I do think it was, it was interesting to do drop it all in a bingeable chunk like that. Right. Um, instead of trying to, you know, drag it out and, you know, build the mystery to eliminate the, um, ability for, you know, amateur sleuths and redditors and all that to really <laughs> dig into things, which that's the risk you run with these. Right. And yeah, just, it's, it's weird in the sense that I give a lot of shit to something like, let's get, let's get real highbrow. You want to get highbrow? Uh, let's get highbrow. Pull your, pull your pants up a little bit. Okay. I'm doing that. I'm actually doing it. I can give a lot of shit to something like my struggle by canal scarred. <laughs> Which is about seven books about a white guy uh, <laughs> poking at his navel and like, you know, the meanderings of the, what does his life really add up to type of thing? Right. Um, so po- like every indie movie about teenagers for the last. Yeah. I poke a lot of fun years. at all those things, but for some reason there were moments of this where I was just like completely enraptured when it's basically the same thing Right. as you get these, you don't know how you impact other people. No. Not so not only are you getting how this guy sees himself. You are getting how the people around him saw him. Right. And, you know, the ripples his death has sent to other people. Some good, some bad. Alluded to at one point, maybe his, you know, doting care of his mother over the years did her more harm than good. Right. Because he put a lot of his mental issues and isolationism onto her. Like, at one point, the cousins actually, you know, get her out and they're talking to Brian and it's like, oh, no, yeah, she's out and, you know. She's visiting family out in Birmingham or something this week. And he's like, I thought she wasn't able to travel. It's like, no, she's great. Like, right. we took her here. We took her there. <laughs> like, oh. And Brian looks up this fact that like, because John kept her kind of shuttered up a bit. Like he like nailed her window shut basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, dementia patients can lose time that way. Like Mary Grace, his mom, like kind of lost 10 years. Like she's going to be 89. But if you ask her how old, she, how old she is, she says 79. Wow. Um those elements where I was like, it's, it's not perfect. It's not a fun hang by any means. No. Um, I don't know if you have any intention of going, <laughs> going back to it. I can tell you right now. I do not. You are not going back to it. Other people I talked to actually, the person whose house I came from, mm. um, they were like, Oh, it was amazing. Like definitely wa- watch. It. I didn't want to tell them like not happening. 
Um, just because it's not a fun hang or it's not a fun and I'm really in a place right now where I need like I'm watching something else that's a little bit heavy so like too much heavy and I turn into Jordan um, and I'm just like and nobody wants that ugh I'm like people are the worst the world is everyone just set the world on fire yeah, I was clearly you know in, in a prime mental state this week <laughs> to dig into this um, but even in that prime mental state there were moments where I was flipping through a transcript off mic to get a name for this and Saw one of Macklemore's, you know, proleptic display of decay and decrepitude type of thing. Like, yeah. this is how the man speaks, and it can be exhausting. Well, what I would have found, in, or I, I probably, if I kept on listening or I come back to it at some point, I'm sure what I would find interesting is being a strange person in a relatively, like, normal place. Um, because sometimes I forget that I'm kind of weird because I have a lot of friends who are kind of weird. I'm not really weird. Like I'm not, I'm not completely a social outcast. Um, and on the surface, I look relatively normal, but when you just dig a little bit, I get made fun of for like the words I use and some of the viewpoints I have mm. and the interests I've got. And sometimes I forget there's this whole world out there where people don't know anything about Star Wars or star or star trek or don't know anything about like bee colonies like just um and oh john mclemore would have known all, all about, about bee colonies absolutely so i forgot that kind of um look at someone who is a strange person in this relatively mundane normal world that is an in, i'm sure an interesting side of it um but i know that there's going to be a lot of like sadness and loneliness and you know that kind of conversation and i don't really want to have that right now <laughs> case of bad timing for caitlin yeah. jordan perfect timing and i do like when i do like to see things develop new forms right um so it's less a matter of like it's as much a matter of like what are people now that this has hit yeah and people have seen like oh you can do that with it yeah I'm curious to see what that's going to turn into. And hopefully it's not just a, you know, barrage of pale imitators because you're not going to find a dude like this just anywhere. Just anywhere. Um, hey, though, if you want to talk to someone weird, just hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've been enamored with her for 65 episodes, y'all. Hit me up. Who wants, who wants eight hours of that Ron cut? <laughs> Kate McKinnon. Oh, dear. Uh, for me, it was an eight. Uh, for me, I'm going to say it was like a, I'm going to say it was a seven. No, oh, it's higher than I thought you'd give it. Yeah. No, I really liked the, the, like the quality was great. Um, it was interesting. I just, and I thought it was well done. I just didn't, it just, the subject matter. I wasn't, like you said, it was a case of bad timing. Like it just wasn't mm -hmm. something at this point right now I want to, um, listen to. Fair enough. Well, that is out there wherever finer podcasts are available. Just like you listen to ours. Yeah. Type it in the search bar. S-Town. You can find it. All right. She's chomping at the bit. I don't know what this update is, but I'm as fascinated to find out as I'm sure you are, listeners. Caitlin. Yeah. What are your updates? Oh, man. So, I'm on season two of The Expanse. Oh, The Expanse. Which one is that? That's the one. That's not the OA. I'm confusing it with the OA. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> Mumblecore sci-fi. Oh, um, the expanse is the one where they've, uh, earth has settled the solar system uh -huh. and, um, 
now we've got like basically like four factions kind of um and it is amazing and i I know some people probably won't like it and but i just it's it's perfect for me it's very like um i know what this is yeah this is based on those books yes those books exactly because we used to work you would never have gotten this you know who i'm about to talk about yes we we lived with a a very older than me even friends uh lifer at major canadian retailer. older than you is there anyone older than you jordan it's amazing isn't it um yes the expanse is based off a series of books by james s.a Corey and our our co-worker former and current at major canadian retailer who this is called space spade he a lifer he's been there forever he's gonna be there forever um super into these books so and was handing them to everyone the first book is i haven't read them i've been told though now by several people who've seen the series oh and it's called leviathan wakes so i'm familiar with it. yeah they they're like you have to read this book um so apparently it's an absolute page turner but the series the first season only covers like half the first book they, um surprise it's a sci-fi series with some long-ass books in it. yeah and uh so we're into the well into the second season which has been great um first season was 10 episodes second season is 13 um and they're doing a third season so i'm really excited for this to be a show that continues on the writing is fantastic love it love it uh some of the characters are a little bit um, I, like too too anti-hero mm. if that makes any sense um and it takes a little while for you to get into the characters because you don't know like who's gonna live and who's gonna die basically like it's all up in the air um so you don't know who your main characters are really at the beginning um and things change very quickly in the show and it gives it sort of like a life of its own but anyways i i'm just uh i'm love it and there's this character named amos who is absolutely phenomenal he's probably one of my favorite characters in television history um but anyways yeah so i'm it's been like a week and i'm already into hearty recommendation for the expanse i'm sure i'll get that at some point oh yeah you will i actually didn't even think about that i mean now definitely absolutely gonna get the expanse uh do you have anything else no that i've just been watching all the expanse uh i didn't have time to do much because i was you know giving of myself and being unappreciated um i did have that thing where uh it took me a long time we're doubling up today friends by the way uh we're recording next week's episode directly after this so i definitely had that thing where i uh did not get around to watching the thing caitlin gave me for a very long time because i fell into a full-on rewatch of the thing i gave her that i was not expecting right that happens to me sometimes Uh i don't know if it happens to kate but it's like no let me just rewatch this so i can have the conversation oh i forgot about this (laughs) i forgot about that oh (laughs) so i'm like i'm like 10 episodes deep on the on on a rewatch of the thing i gave kate oh the internet's a wonderful place (laughs) y'all You'll find out about that next week on the show. Yeah. Finally on this week. Kate, do you have something to announce to the people? I do. I have a contest to announce. Longtime listeners and friends of the show will remember that uh, our fans collect receipts. And sometimes Caitlin just says things to say them. No, no, no. I never say anything to say it. I had the full intention of coming up with a contest. (laughs) Sometimes Kate just says shit. And (laughs) one week she said she wanted to do a contest. And then I forgot. And then people went back and listened to that episode and said, 
you guys never had a contest. <laughs> and I tell Kate and say, Kate, we never had a contest. Um, But we do now. We having a contest. Yes. The contest is the Geek Down gift giveaway. The Geek Down gift giveaway. Um, But that is with an asterisk. And if you read the asterisk, it says not actually a giveaway. Because we're going to make you work for it. Yep. And you can put in Rihanna's work if you want into this section. We can't afford it. Okay. Um, so the details will be put on Facebook and uh, Patreon if you're interested. Um, basically, what you need to do is there will be a link to a questionnaire. Um, there'll be like, I don't know, 20 questions, nothing too difficult. It'll all be about the podcast. After that, um, you just have to post a link to the show on either your Facebook or your Twitter, and you'll have a chance to win an amazing Geek Down gift giveaway, which will include our poster made for us by the friend of the show, Kaim Dar. Images of that will be hitting the social medias, but you will recall it is a is an illustration of Caitlin and myself as our anthropomorphized equine alter egos, Sunshine Bubbles and Scarlet Ember. You can guess which one is which if you want. Um, then there will be a $10 Google Play gift card, so you can read all the comic books that we are reading at the same time. And there will be snacks. A lot of snack talk on this show. There is a lot of snack talk on this show. So we are going to provide you with some of those snacks that we talk about. Who doesn't want snacks? Right. Um, the contest will be running from May until June. So you've got a whole month. And like I said, the details, again, will be put on our uh, our Facebook and our Patreon page. There you go. We never stop giving to you people. I know. Just all the time. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with such loving podcast friends? We are. We just, we always give. Just give so much. What if I sing give, 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 give in the style of work, 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 work? Can we afford that? That is not how performance rights work. Oh, okay. <sighs> well, on that note, then, we got to bust out another one of these for your listening pleasure. So I imagine we'll take our leave. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. As said at the top of the show, you can always get us on the socials, on Twitter, at GeekDownPod. You can email us, GeekDownPod, at gmail.com, or on our Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Get at us all those different ways. We love you for staying in contact with us and listening every week as you do. We hope you will join us next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. Theme music is by Rob Gasser, and we'll be back next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Pod. Bye. Save that for the show when I'm lamenting okay. human existence. <laughs> oh, I miss you so much sometimes. I'm all happy. And then I'm like, oh, I need something really sad and depressing in my life. Oh, Jordan, here you are, right on time.